Sophia's walk-up music is now being used in commercials for some sort of variety pack of of Cheetos and Doritos. So it's good to see uh, the versatility of this song. Yeah, hey, Jason, I don't know what the deal is with Cheetos, but there is like a monster Cheetos store. Right down in Piccadilly down here. I, and I don't know if Cheetos are like Uber. Because I don't even know. Are there huge Cheetos? You know how there's M&M stores in Chicago? Sure, yeah. And, and some of the big cities. There is a Cheetos store out here. I, are Cheetos that much more popular here than mm. they are back home? I, I don't know. If I, only we had a correspondent something... in London to look into this. Let's go look into the Cheetos. Let's go phone out. Uh, I so just told down. you. No, you tell me if there's something in America like that. Well, a cheat I, I just told you, I found it in Piccadilly. Yeah. We'll get back to Cheetos in a moment. Joining us now, I don't know, is she a Cheetos fan? These are all things that I don't know about, Sophia, that I want to learn. Jalapeno, mm. che- I'm going to say jalapeno for <laughs> Oh, my <Sophia>. God. <laughs> it's Sophia Minnert from Valley Sports Wisconsin and the Milwaukee Brewers. Sophia, good morning. Welcome to your favorite show. Good morning, guys. Um, you will be happy to know that um, Coach Al is a massive supporter, endorser, consumer of Cheetos. So this feels this feels like a good start to the day. So uh, I I would be curious about Coach Al's technique because I love a good Cheeto. Also, I do not like. The Cheeto dust remnants getting on my fingers, my clothes. I am a bag dropper. Like, tip it over mm. and pour it in. What is Coach Al's technique? Um. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I was just talking about this with, with Jen, Gabe, and Chewy yesterday um, about how, like, there's no way to hide that you're eating the Cheetos, right? Like, like there's evidence everywhere of, of Cheetos. Yeah. Um, Their whole ad I campaign. think he, he just he just dives right into the bag. He doesn't really have a special technique. Uh, I respect it. That's why we love Coach Yeah, Adam he just he goes right in. Uh, you know, we love you too, and this is our last conversation until uh, next season, unless you you know want to come on for free. Uh, I'm wondering if you're as sad <laughs> as we are that the season has ended and that our time with you has ended. Yeah, of course. Like I think um, you know, it was a it was a really challenging season. I think there were obviously a lot of positives. Um and you know, when you win 86 games, like that's still a really good number and and that's kind of what we kept hearing from Craig Council these last couple of days even after they got eliminated is you know, 80, 86 wins is is a strong number. It's a sign of a good baseball team. Um, it's the it's sign of a team that won a lot of games. Obviously, there's a lot of reasons of, of why you win those games. Um, you know, there were a number of players that had great seasons individually. Um, but that's also just a reflection of, like, ultimately it wasn't good enough. Um, they didn't accomplish their goal. And, you know, this team came in with a lot of expectations after 95 wins last year and another postseason and winning the division. And I think... You know, the expectations have gotten higher for this team every year. 
they've earned that, right? And and like the higher the higher the expectation, I think the more disappointed you are when you don't get it done and when it's all over. And um, you know, I think, you know, a day like yesterday when you know it's the last day for that group to be together, it's it's a tough day. Um, because you you know that it's you know, you you kinda close that chapter and, and you wait and see what happens and you know that it's gonna be a different group next year. So speaking of it being a different group, though, I don't know if it was Lauer or Woodruff that said this, but one of them said that they believe that if you ran it back with the same group next year, that they would be even better. And when I heard that, I thought, again, I wonder if that goes to the adjustment, the impact on the clubhouse, all the other stuff about the hater trade. Like, if they feel like maybe they kind of found their footing late in the year after whatever upheaval that trade had caused. Did you take that the same way, and do you agree with that premise? I, yeah, I think, look, the the truth is, like, we are hoping and expecting, you know, just because of the number of players that are arbitration eligible and they've got, a, you know, very few true free agents. Um, a, a lot of these players are under club control I think that's what they're pointing to, right? Is like they do believe, and, and again, this points to like this is how you win 86 games. They do believe that like if you bring this group back and if they can stay healthy and, and perform like what they did, they can definitely get into the postseason again. You know, I think they believe in the talent in the group. I think they believe in like every year this group has grown together. I think specifically looking at the starting rotation, right? It was Brandon Woodruff that made that comment, like, you're expecting to bring back essentially the whole rotation with Corbin and Woody and Freddie and Adrian Hauser and Eric Lauer and, you know, Aaron Ashby, who now has a full major league season under his belt. He did a ton of learning this year. Um, You've got guys like Ethan Small coming up. You know, I think that's what they're pointing to is like, there is a lot of talent. There is a lot of reason for optimism. Um, And their expectation coming into spring training, I think they'll be fueled even more because I think now they know like, they know what it what it looks like to win and get into the postseason, and now they also know what it looks like to not get in, right? To have it not be enough, and I think that can be really motivating for them. So, Sophia, you talk a lot there about expectations, and I guess just from a fan standpoint, what should our expectations be? Because it's, you know, you have the great starting pitching, the hitting inconsistent, but some power. But when you start looking at it, and I talk the same thing about Wisconsin football when you're trying to compare it to Alabama and Georgia and some of the schools that the revenue, and you start looking at the landscape of Major League Baseball with the Yankees and the Dodgers, what is the fair expectation, do you think, for a Brewers fan when you factor all of that into account? Yeah, I mean, look, they're you know they're never going to roll out a, pre- a payroll like the, like the Dodgers, right? I mean, that's just not going to be in their cards um and so that's why they've they've had to kind of assemble their teams in other ways that's why you know they focus so much on player development like that's why they they have the starting rotation right now that they do um they try to you know win i guess i know i say loosely like win every trade right like you, you you're going to get mixed results on trades but they try to make trades and make off-season acquisitions and claim players off of waivers that can that can have huge impacts um you know they've they've also proven that they're willing to spend money um you know they have given out big contracts in the past so 
I think, look, like the expectations are still like to try, especially now with the expanded postseason format, like to try to win the division, to try to get into the postseason, and then see how far you can take it. You know, I think that's going to always be the expectation for this team. Um, and again, they've proven that they've been able to do that over the last couple of years. Um, but, you know, as, as we saw this year, it's, it's hard to do it wire to wire. You know, they got off to a great start. And then a lot of things happened um, from those first 50 games until the end, and they ultimately didn't get it done. But I think that the expectations for this group for next year will be the same. Um, I I don't see the expectations changing, and I I don't see that changing internally or externally. Talking with Sophia Minard for the final time this season from Ballysport. I know. It's. I know. I know. know, It's so sad. Sophia, my last question for you is – so was this was it a fun team to cover? Was this a fun team? Yeah, it you know, like every team has its own identity, right? And it was a fun team, you know. Like I think, and and, and I've said this too is um, regardless of how things finished and how frustrated and disappointed and and you know just let down people were by ultimately what the outcome was they were very professional up until the end and they were the same group up, up until the end. Um, you know, I do think obviously this team went through a lot um, in terms of adversity with injuries and losing players and, you know, you lose Lorenzo Kane and then obviously the trade happens and more injuries, you know, they, they had a lot kind of go against them and they continue to be the same group. Um, you know, they've got guys with great personalities in that clubhouse. Like, I can honestly say that, like, regardless of how it finished, like, they still, like, made it good days. You know, they were still fun to be around. They were still professional. They competed. You know, they, I mean, they really did kind of give it their best effort um, to just, you know, and they just fell short. Um, And and that happens. And that's kind of a tough pill to swallow. But, yes, I I did enjoy covering this team. you know, they, they were fun. They, they had a lot of funny things, you know, with, like, the, the home run bell and the infinity gauntlet and, um, you know, some of the stuff that they were doing in the clubhouse in the second half of bringing in the ping pong table and the papa shot. I think they were just trying to find ways, you know, to, like, keep it loose and keep it fun and, and kind of keep the group connected. Um, and that's, you know, that's a, a credit to the guys in there for, for continuing to do that despite what the results were. All right, Sophia, last two for you before you abandon us. Uh, one, if David Stearns comes to you today, stops by your cubicle, and he says, Sophia, what, uh-huh. do, you think we, what do you think we need? First of all, it would be smart for him to do it, right? We all know how smart you are. You'd, be, you'd give him all kinds of – he doesn't have to follow it, but what do you think this team needs to be, you know, knowing all the parameters and the limitations, I get it, but – as David Stearns embarks on this offseason, what do you think this team could use a little help in to get over the hump and get back into the postseason after missing this year? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think they're always going to look at adding pieces to their bullpen. And I think that's kind of, a, I think that's true across any team um, because that's typically where you have the most turnover. And again, based on kind of the, roster construction and the players under team control, I think they're relatively set in their position player group. Um, you know, Omar Narvaez will be a, a free agent, so they'll have to make some decisions there. But 
I mean, I think just, you know, the, the inconsistency of the offense um, would lead you to, to think that that's an area where they can add. Um, and that's been true. You know, that was true last year. That was true um, in the first half. And, you know, it's, it was a confusing offense to try to figure out because they were one of the best teams across the entire league um, in terms of hitting home runs. And, and that was the story for them offensively. And that made them a dangerous team. And I think that would have made them a dangerous team in the postseason as well. Um, but then, you know, and, and there were, you know, I would say Willie Adamas probably had the best individual season in terms of getting to 30-plus homers. I think he finished with 98 RBIs on the season. Um, he, he had a spectacular year, and, and I think he probably had the best offensive year. And then, you know, that was kind of it. I think everyone else was pretty much, like, right at, you know, and, and I think individually and as a group, they were kind of right at league average in terms of everything else. Um, drawing walks and hitting home runs was their strength offensively. So I think getting guys who can get on base consistently, who are good run producers, um, I think there's there's always room to add that. Um, certainly as a, as a, with a designated hitter this year, with the shift going away next year, um, there's going to be all kinds of rules changes next year. Um, I would love, personally, if, if I'm lobbying to David Stearns, I'd love to see them bring Andrew McCutcheon back. I thought he was such a great presence. He was so productive. Um, he's a tremendous leader. He, everything that he was advertised, you know, from seeing him across the league um, in his career, he has he backed all of that up and more um, this year with the Brewers. So uh, that selfishly, that that's something that I would love to see happen, but uh, he'll be a free agent as well. So we'll see what happens. All right, Sophia, what's next for you? I assume that one of the <laughs> national networks has already called to make sure that you're available for any sideline reporting during the playoffs. Uh, if that if that's the case, also make sure that you leave some space in your schedule because you know how many days off Tausch takes. We would love to have you as a cousin sub uh, for one of those many days that he takes off. But what's next for you now that the baseball season is over for the Brewers? Yeah, um, just kind of take some time off, um, you know, hang out with family and friends. Um, I don't really have anything planned yet, but I do have some, you know, Marquette basketball and Marquette athletics commitments coming up. Um, that'll start in November. So um, I think right now it'll just be like decompress a little bit and watch some of the postseason and um, yeah, just, just do that. But I'm, I'm certainly available to be a cousin sub. I know how much Tausch, you know, now that he's an international uh, man on assignment, um, I'm, I'm willing to step in. Great. We'll see you Monday. <laughs> Sophia, you're the absolute best. Uh, we always love having you for every season. We look forward to next season. We look forward to Tausch's many days off, and we really appreciate you. Thanks. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. It was uh, wonderful to chat with you guys fortnightly, as always. So thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure. That is the great Sophia Minert of Bally Sports Wisconsin. And the Milwaukee Brewers. One last time, indeed. You got my reference. I'm proud of you, Jesse. We'll continue with more with Tausch in England as he gets ready for Packers-Giants, which, of course, is one of the games you could choose to pick against the spread and cover five. Five games 
You accumulate points when you're right. You lose points when you're wrong. Five games, you pick them against the spread. Cover5.com, the Cover 5 app. And now with a chance to win $50,000 for the perfect score. Picking just the right games, have them go just the right way for you, and you could be $50,000 richer. Sign up for free. Play for free at Cover5.com and the Cover5 app. Use the code WI22 when you sign up. WI22, we're competing with all the other shows and all the other stations in the GKB family. Make sure you sign up with the code WI22 to help our little team as well. Cover5.com and the Cover5 app. More with Tausch live from London next. It's Wilde and Tausch.